So, Taylor Johnson, and we're here to talk about, what are we here to talk about today, Taylor? Yeah, I think we're here to just kind of jam out a bit, right? <laughs> so For sure. Talk can, about. Uh, I'll talk a little bit about my background, kind of where I've been, where I'm at, and where I'm going in the esports space, and just yeah. kind of shed some light on um, the aspect of the industry that I've really kind of sunk my feet into. I guess we could start with, like, what do you do uh, yeah. currently in esports? Great question. So, uh, what do I do? So, I'm a performance engineer. And what I do now is I work with AimLab, uh, the first-person shooter training platform as a performance engineer and help them build out uh, more comprehensive training for their platform. Uh, I also consult and advise for eSport teams, organizations, and players uh, on building out performance initiatives for um, pretty much all of their organization and how they want to build from the ground up uh, to promote health and wellness. Uh, and then I also consult and advise uh, various esports startups in the space, both endemic and non-endemic. Gotcha. So in regards to the performance engineering, like, let's talk a little bit more about that. Is that focused more on like a player's overall health or reflexes or maybe even the gear that they use? Like what, how in depth do you guys go in regards to sure. uh, player performance? Yeah, so I think it'd be helpful to kind of give a little context on my background. So I coached in college in the NFL for about 10 years. Wow. Uh, so the majority of my time was spent in college, and in the last two years, I coached for the San Francisco 49ers. <clears throat> During that time, uh, I was overseeing all of our sports science, the our nutrition, the, the weight room, and the conditioning was my bread and butter. Uh, but I was always looking for a way to pivot. Like I realized very quickly that it wasn't the end-all, be-all for me. And I've always told people that my passion is performance, but it's my curiosity that navigates me through the world. And I started to reach out to friends and colleagues, and... Um, really got tuned into esports, and I had known of it, but I didn't realize how big it had gotten. Yeah. And I started asking questions I would of any other sport team. You know, how do you train? How do you practice? How do you recover? What's competition look like? What's game day look like? Yeah. And I realized that there are way more similarities and differences. However, nobody was really having the conversation around optimizing performance. And when you look at uh, from a performance standpoint and a longevity standpoint, I mean, the player, pro players, their careers are very short. Yeah. And a lot of that, in my opinion, is due to burnout. And they'll claim it's burnout, too. But it's like, what kind of burnout? Um, so then fast forward, started working uh, for professional teams. I, I worked for Optic Gaming, Houston Outlaws, Optic League of Legends, Obey, Allegiance, and um, no longer with them. And now I consult and work in the space. So that's kind of where I'm at now. Um, and what I'm doing is building out a training platform on training, research, education uh, around that performance stuff. So in terms of uh, you know what we look at for performance, it's pretty comprehensive and it's holistic in nature. So it's looking at lifestyle, mindset, nutrition, movement, recovery, and really meeting the players where they're at, and then creating programs that can allow them to really obtain their goals. And gotcha. I think a lot of times when people are like, hey, I want to I want to get better at this, or I want to be the best player in the world. Great, what does that look like? Yeah, you know, and you need to disassociate what are behaviors and what are outcomes. And you start to build that roadmap, and then you help facilitate it along the way. So when you when you you spoke a little bit about uh, like player lifestyle, right now in esports it looks like people think lifestyle just means you know the type of shoes you wear, the like the type of style that you have, in regards to like branding yourself and coming off as an org. But like what to you, what does that like lifestyle mean? Because I know like when I first started working out, and then the moment I stopped and I was exhausted, I'm like holy shit, like just stopping working out and knowing that like wow working out is a lifestyle like oh, it's it not just it. something yeah. you do to be like oh like yeah it's cool to start off and be like okay i'm doing this to be healthy but then once you get into it you realize like like this is how i have to live my life to you know 
to maintain and do certain things. So how does that, coming from a performance perspective, how do you how do you look at lifestyle versus just how I guess the general public sees? Yeah, it's a great question. Lifestyle. So for me, uh, it's a performance lifestyle, but really it applies to all aspects of life. Um, it's a pretty good distinction. Whereas you know you you start training, you kind of get in the groove, and then you stop, and you're like, wow, I feel pretty shitty, right? Yeah. Um, and it's the questions I would ask, you know, why did you stop? What what kept you from getting back into it if that's the thing, right? Yeah. And so when I look at the whole concept of lifestyle, building out this performance lifestyle, it's, again, meeting people where they're at yeah. and finding, you know, what is the lowest hanging fruit? And for most people, it's nutrition and sleep. And what you'll find is that when you start to eat a little bit better, sleep a little bit more, you start to feel better, right? But then that not only transfers over to your in-game performance, but just out-of-game, just general lifestyle. So again, it's kind of like the performance lifestyle is interwoven with your gaming performance and just overall life performance. Gotcha. Um, Is there a particular game that you like target or do you kind of work as a whole for the industry overall? Yeah, it's pretty game agnostic. I mean, I think at the end of the day, training is training and competition is competition. And I really feel that we are all... Uh, we all compete in some way, shape, or form. It doesn't matter if you are a, a CEO, a doctor, a lawyer, a pro gamer, a pro athlete, an amateur athlete, a soccer mom, a stay-at-home dad. It doesn't matter. You all have to step up in an arena in some way, shape, or form and compete. And, you know, the fundamentals around the lifestyle, mindset, nutrition, movement, recovery, that applies to all aspects of life. And so, you know, in the esports space, there's not one particular um, gaming title that I go after. It's, it's pretty... It's pretty, you know, blanket. Like, hey, let's let's level up everybody's performance gotcha. and preparation. How does how does like team synergy, or from what you've noticed, how does team synergy play into performance? Because I feel like at times, I won't say that it, that it's overlooked, but I think people don't think it's as important um, to make sure that the players mesh outside of just being able to play well. You know, a lot of teams have team houses, and we all know like spending a certain amount of time with anyone for however long can get super, you know, draining and exhausting and you start to kind of in a way deteriorate like mentally, but like how have you noticed performance wise, like, or have a solution to how people can improve on team synergy with kind of almost being stuck in team houses so that it doesn't affect their play? Yeah. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of team houses. I think uh, you need to have that work life separation that kind of factors into the lifestyle component. Yeah. You know, one of the biggest things I found too is like it all comes down to conversation. Mm-hmm. And I find that a majority of people lack a very strong foundation how to have a very real, authentic conversation. And that's where a lot of the issues with these teams come up is they don't know how to address some of these pain points that may cause them to get tilted. It's not even about what happened in game, it's about a conversation that happened, like the dude drank my soda. You know, like before (laughs) the game and like I'm still pissed off about that. Yeah. Um, And then, you know, how they debrief and how they communicate with debriefs as well. So, uh, like I build out performance camps for Adamus Esports Training and Performance, and that's out of Vancouver. And we had a team come through and uh, it was a three-day training camp. We were basically just, you know, optimizing their their day-to-day training. Yeah. And one of, the, one of the conversations that came up is I, I brought up the topic of conversations and how important communication is. And it was a small kind of lesson that ended up turning into like an afternoon of us breaking down different components of uh, how to 
address different topics as they come up and deal with it in a healthy manner. Yeah. And the interesting distinction that you can make and, and apply this not only in gaming but in life is like, you know, there is a difference between expectations and agreements. When you have expectations of somebody, a lot of times it's not vocalized. So like, yeah. hey, if you don't do this, I get upset. And then it causes like this vicious cycle. However, if it's an agreement, it's a two way, it's a conversation. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, how do you feel about if we go about this? You know, when this happens and I do this and this is like an agreement, do you agree, yes or no? Yeah. Because if you don't agree, well then you state it. And then, all right, cool, let's work it out, right? <laughs> yeah. So it opens up a whole new dialogue. And uh, it was pretty cool, man. Like that whole afternoon just totally revamped the way they communicated. And you know, the next day or so they were just talking about like, hey, let's make an agreement around this. Or like, hey, yeah. that came up for me. And the other part too is just addressing it from a completely different angle of like nonviolent communication. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes people are very uh, harsh in how they approach. Like, hey, you know, you effed up this and you know, that's pissing Yeah, they off. take it personally. They take it and super it personally, seems... man. Like it shouldn't be, right? Yeah. It shouldn't be. Like, dude, we're playing a game, we're having fun. Yes, we want to win. I get yeah. it, man. Winning's important. However, you are a team, right? Yeah. So just even addressing it from that, it's like observations, emotions, needs, and requests. Just understanding how to have that dialogue. Mm-hmm. And it just levels the playing field, man. It makes us all human because we are. Did, when you had like that conversation with that team, um, was there a coach there? No. So the coach was not there. And that okay. would have been a great learning lesson for the coach as well. Because a lot of times, man, it's, you know, the players go as the coaches go. Yeah. And so when you, have, when you set the tone from the top down from the coaching staff and they understand – uh, you know, what we just talked about, like those layers of communication, it goes a, such a longer way yeah. because then it's consistent. Yeah. You know what I mean? You've got to shape the environment to allow for those types of lessons to be learned and then in- integrated into the overall structure. Gotcha. Because I was going to say as well, exactly like to follow up with that, is that it's super important for the coach to be aware of these things so that they are not being biased toward one player and they're looking at the whole picture versus, okay, well, I'm more friends with this guy because he's been on the team longer yeah, or, sure. you know, we bond better. It shouldn't even yeah, be an issue. Yeah, and but and I know that that can occur where a coach, you know, might be closer to someone so they feel like, okay, you're right and this other person, this other player is wrong, but it's not it, it's, it comes off as a personal thing, but it's more of I'm just more comfortable, like you said, having a conversation with you sure. than I am this other player and it being you know, again, coming off bias or they're not looking at the whole picture and then they drop a player because they think, well, he's not meshing with the team, but it's really like that conversation's not there being had. So sure. now you have to, like this player has to go, but it's like, we never had a conversation. So like, sure. now, and then you get players that are somewhat jaded. So yeah, that's uh, very interesting. And I hope more coaches come out to um, learn and like can be, to partake in that because yep. uh, I think it's super important for coaches to be a part of that and maybe even like org owners or uh, you know, some some uh, staff within the Yeah, I mean, that's the plan. I mean, it's, you know, having those training camps and education opportunities set up, not only for the players, but for the coaches, the front office. I mean, everybody, really, top down from left to right. It's about getting people on the same page. And, I mean, it starts with a conversation, right? It's like, hey, yeah. what are our goals? And you'll yeah. find, like, a, I've talked to a lot of players and a lot of teams, and you ask them what their goals are, you know, it's like, hey, what do you want to really achieve? What does that look like? Like, oh, well, we want to win X amount of games, make it to playoffs. Yeah. Cool. What is it going to take to get there? Yeah. You know, and you start reverse engineering that goal. But then if everybody's doing that exercise and they see, okay, most teams are like, hey, this is our goal. We want to, you know, win LCS championship. Boom. Yeah. That's it. Dope. So what does that look like? 
You know, is everybody on the same page? Does everybody understand what it's going to take? Everybody's roles and responsibilities in that endeavor? Because it's an endeavor. Mm-hmm. It is a grind, man. Like, yeah. Esports is a grind. Just like traditional sports, man. It's all the same grind, just a little different flavor. <laughs> so with you having a history like in traditional sports, what was the what was the game that kind of brought you over? Was there a specific game of your interest that was like, hey, I kind of want to move into this space as a learning or was it just the, I guess, kind of the lack of what you were doing for esports already that got you to move Sure. Over? It was uh, probably more of the latter. Like, um, again, man, I'm just super curious and, uh, and I'm very open about this. Like, I'm not a, I was never a gamer, you know? So, like, my background of playing games was like Mario Brothers and Sonic. And, uh, you know, which is awesome, dude. I freaking love Sonic, you know? But it's, uh, but what really intrigued me when I started to look at the space, I was blown away by the cognitive output and the level of strategy and the dedication and determination it took to execute and play at the highest level. And so for me, again, like, you know, passion's my performance. Uh, it's, I was blown away, man. I was like, these are some like super switched on individuals. Like, to be able to do that? I was yeah. like, what? So, uh, it wasn't any one particular game. However, I will say, like, the first game that got me really involved was Dota 2. Okay. So, and Dota's way over my head. Right? Like, <laughs> dude, I have such a hard time understanding that game. However, uh, I was working with um, this team called Pro Dota. They had a boot camp out in Istanbul, it was, it was like a 10 day boot camp. Um, I'd been working with some of the team members. I talked to the coach. They flew me out for for the ten day boot camp in Istanbul, and um, it was it was in this moment where I was like, "This shit's awesome." Okay, so <laughs> I'll, I'll paint a little picture. So we're we're trying to we're playing like a tournament. We're trying to qualify for a land tournament, and at this point, like I kind of understood what was happening. So yeah. I'm like, "Okay, are we winning or are we losing?" I knew that much, right? And um, you know, if I'm being honest, man, one of my hesitations to get into esports was like, am I going to vibe? Is it going to be the same vibe for me? Am I have a, because, you know, my, my, my background too is in combat sports, you know? So okay. I was a, I fought professionally overseas in kickboxing and I've always been involved in MMA. So like I've either been ringside or on the sideline of the field, you know? And what was interesting is, you know, we're getting down to the wire and, uh, Man, I, I started to realize, like, oh, shit, we're up. I'm like, we might win this. <laughs> and I'm, like, pacing. I'm like, I'm, like, starting to pace. Get your CEO pace no, on. No, man, I'm, like, starting to pace. I'm like, I'm, like, I pause. I'm like, oh, I'm in it. I'm like, okay, this is cool. I'm like, I got it. I got this. This is cool. And that was it, man. And I remember flying back from that experience and just being like, this is such an amazing space to be in. And the opportunity for growth really it's like being honest man like the the players baselines are so low like they only know what they know right and if you could start to make some of these small changes what happens in traditional sports is like once you get to the top from um the the output level it's like small percentages improvements but in esports right now in my opinion it's like mechanically guys are freaking dialed in right you can't the technical tactical aspects like you have to be good at that yeah so it kind of like plateaus right not plateaus but it's it's a steady baseline, right? Yeah. All the health and wellness, recovery, sleep, nutrition, all that stuff, huge areas for improvement. So once you start fine tuning that and guys start feeling better, getting more sleep, the reaction time improves, the cognitive processing improves. So it's, it's a huge, it's really exciting from that standpoint. So there's two things that I want to ask following that. Yeah. Uh, is there anywhere that you've, that esports has taken you? Cause you just said you went to Istanbul. 
Uh, is there anywhere esports has taken you that you know other places in your career haven't taken you? Like new place that you experienced through esports alone? Oh travel? yeah, man. I mean, dude, some of the conversations I have now, a majority of the conversations I have now are just awesome. I'm actually gonna be starting my own podcast too, so I'll have you on mine once I get up and running. <laughs> but it's, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's meeting some amazing people. So in terms of like location wise, I mean, I've been all over the states. Um, Istanbul was the one that took me overseas, which was awesome. Um, got to meet the guys at Face It, you know, when they did the ECS event, um, season six at the esports stadium Arlington. So I still talk to them, hoping to get overseas and do some work with them. Uh, but really, man, it's just some amazing people. It's an amazing community. It's just good people, you know. Like that's what I'm about, man. Good vibes, gotcha. right? And it's, um, yeah. I mean, it's. I'm excited to see where it goes, man. It's such a young industry. Yeah. You know, a lot of opportunity for growth if you do it right. And that's that's the thing for me, too, is I tell people all the time, you know, I want to do good business with good people and epic shit. Yeah. And part of that doing good business with good people is doing the right thing. Yeah. And because it's a blank canvas, we have the opportunity to do some really good work in the space and promote a positive message. Yeah. And so for me, it's promoting health and wellness to millions of people worldwide. For, for players that... And I don't think it's as big of a thing as much as it was before. Um, but what, what's the biggest tip that you have for players with uh, dealing with jet lag and sleeping? Oh, yeah. Um, because, you know, these guys are traveling pretty much essentially during the weekend and they spend the entire weekend in different time zones. Oh, yeah. Not having sleep, probably not even sleeping on planes. What's like the biggest advice that you have for them um, to help with that? Like yeah. So, um, I mean, they can always hit me up. Right? I can hook yeah. them up with a protocol. I mean, what I did for my guys, and I work with a couple other people on this too. So, like Flykit is a company that just came out with an entire protocol. So basically, you hook, you hit them up, you send them your flight itinerary, tell them what time zones you're going to be in. All right, actually, they figured that out from your flight itinerary, and yeah. they send you a custom kit with supplements and a sleep regime, and they basically set you up, and they start to calibrate your time, wow. the difference in time. So I was doing that for these guys, and then the Flykit came along and. They actually came from the military, so they have a lot of, like, 10 years' experience in the military doing this for the Air Force and whatnot. Wow. That's um, so that's what I'd recommend. I mean, that's – it can be a little pricey. Another way to do it is I think it's called, like, Rooster Clock or Rooster.com. Mm-hmm. Google that. I mean, it basically you type in what time zone you'll be in, and it'll tell you how to adjust your circadian rhythm so that okay. you can adjust your sleep enough to where you won't get as much jet lag. But the biggest thing I'll say for people that are traveling multiple time zones – is uh, a couple of key points. So depending on how long the flight is, if you want to get up and move, obviously, you don't want your blood to pull. Uh, a great way to kind of get on the front end of that is there are some personalized, like, portable EMS strips. So you know, like, the electronic muscle stimulator you get at, like, rehab? Yeah. So they have these little strips that look like big Band-Aids. You could put them on the back of your calf. So if you're doing, like, a six- to eight-hour flight, like, anytime flying coast-to-coast, I always put them on, okay. and the battery lasts, like, 10 hours. But basically, it does a small pulse, and so it keeps your, your calf pumping. Oh, wow. keeps your blood circulating. That's super, your legs feel super fresh. Uh, that's one thing. The other part is hydrate, right? Just make yeah, sure you're drinking sure. a lot of water. Uh, choose healthy options on the food if you want to eat. However, I always recommend fasting. So when you fast on your flight, whatever time zone you get in, you sync up your first meal with whatever meal would be in that time zone. Yeah. You tend to do a lot better with jet lag. And... Get out in sunlight as soon as you can and move. Like 10 minutes of movement is super key. Gotcha. So you said that your first introduction with games when you were younger was Sonic, correct? Or Yeah, Sonic the Hedgehog. What yeah. was your first experience with being introduced? Like, 
how, how were you introduced to games? Was it an older brother or sibling? Or was oh, it good question, Someone man. just bought you a console? You know, honestly, I don't remember, to be <laughs> honest, man. Like, I remember uh, it was probably my grandpa, of all people, really. Dude, I remember going over to my grandparents' house, and, like, my grandpa was awesome. He was kind of like, you know, this old Italian dude who just really didn't give a shit, you know? <laughs> he was like... He taught me how to box, like the whole whole thing, man. But he was real big on the physical side, and he also was just like super curious too. And I think he was probably the first one because I only played video games at my grandparents. Now that I think about it, yeah. So I had Jurassic Park on Sega, and I had Sonic, and I had a Game Boy, and that was it. So it was probably my grandpa because he'd be the only one to buy it for me. No one else would. With with the Game Boy, did you leave that at your grandparents' house, or was that no? That like I your... took with me. Yeah, did, that I took with me. Did your parents ever have issues with you in that? I don't think so, man. Like, honestly, I was always outside. I was always getting into shit. Okay. You know, and it was a balance between, um, like, I'm a, like, my, so my grandpa, my other grandpa, uh, was an engineer for NASA. And so he worked on the space shuttle, like, building the docking station. And so I was always fascinated with breaking things apart and putting them back together in that sense. So I remember just being super curious and like building lasers and shit you know it's like you know they never burnt anything it was just like lights you know like yeah my, my dad and my grandpa would just gave me like a toolbox and like with a bunch of leds and stuff and i would just like solder it put it all together and um so yeah man it was a balance between that and then you know playing game boy and um being outside i think that's key too man it's balance right it's about yeah. finding balance and like my big thing is like find what moves you mm-hmm. you know and uh because even like 10 minutes 20 minutes a day of exercise and you can break that 20 minutes up throughout the day is going to have huge impacts on your health and well-being especially your longevity right i mean i think we all want to live as long as we can and be able to play as many games as we can so why not why not contribute to that our cognitive health and our physical health by exercising a little bit did you ever turn any of your game boy or segas into lasers <laughs> no <laughs> yeah it's pretty funny though um so what what how can what you do for the industry right now, how would what like do you have any advice for fans? Mm. Um, because I feel like you know, as fans, we sit in front of the game and we watch Twitch and we yeah. come to these events and we're sitting, and you know, we get up and we get to walk around occasionally. But we see people, you know, we have they have soda or might not have the best meals sure. uh, at the venue. What advice do you have for people that like stream or come to these events who? want to improve their play and they you know they feel like they might be at that plateau that you were saying where or their own plateau where i'm not imp- i'm not improving because you know this is just my level sure is there anything that they can do you know as a fan or day to day five minutes ten minutes a day yeah um to improve their play totally so like all the stuff i talked about that's not just for pro players right i mean it's for everybody um and that's what i love what we're doing at aim lab you know we're building parts of that into the game as well and you know like uh just trying to educate because you only know what you know yeah right and what's crazy is like you don't know what you don't know and that's a lot right so <laughs> yeah. it's all about education it's about you know communication and education so what i would recommend is you know part of what i want to do too is build a platform so all that information is readily accessible as it relates to gaming and then life in general um so you can check out my youtube channel uh you can check me out on twitter you can follow me there i always I'm not the best with social media, but I'm getting better. I'm pretty open about that. I'm like, guys, I suck, but I'm trying. <laughs> yeah. You know, I got to hire a social media manager at some point. Um, uh, but really, it's small things, right? So what I what I try to tell people is identify your BAMs. So B-A-M, your bare-ass minimum. All right. So what is the bare-ass minimum that you could do every day that you feel good about that you can call a win? So for some, it's like getting up and doing like 
five minutes of mobility. And by mobility, it's like neck circles, shoulder circles, yeah. hip easy stuff that you know that you probably did when you were a kid growing up, you know? Like do that, if you could do that, that's a win. Or uh, say, hey, you know what? Every day I'm gonna, I'm gonna move for 10 minutes. Yeah. And that could be doing jumping jacks, that could be going for a walk, it could be if you have stairs in your apartment, walking up or down your stairs. It's just little things and then you just take that and you start piecing it together you just build consistency and momentum, right? The more momentum you build, the more confidence you get. And that, I mean, one of the big things I figured out when I got into the esports space and I'd have conversations and ask, but hey, what's kept you from like health and wellness and pursuing that? It came down to three things. It was a lack of knowledge, a lack of resources, and a lack of confidence. Mm -hmm. And what you'll find is that if you can provide the first two, the confidence just comes, man. And it's giving them a sense of ownership too, because then like, they're like, man, I did this, right? They did it for themselves. Um, so I, I sat down at a uh, women in esports panel yesterday. Um, so I have to ask, is there anything that, or any women that you work with or that come to you for advice in regards to uh, esports now that you've moved in this space? Like, how do you guys promote uh, women also being inclusive to this as well? Because Again, it's probably mostly males that you know come sure. or have questions or things like that. But um, do you do you get asked by women? You know, totally. how can I improve my play yeah. or provide them with the yeah, best? Yeah, I mean, I was on a women? panel a couple of weeks ago at Riot for mm -hmm. the girls in gaming. So we put on a put on a little camp experience with Riot and esport camps, um, and it was uh, it was strictly for women, and it was to show them the the side, pretty much all the the aspects of the industry. Mm -hmm. And I, I gave a talk on health and wellness. And I mean, it's no different, man. I mean, one of the projects that I'm working on is over at Mount Sinai. And we're working to put together an esports team that's made of paraplegics and quadriplegics. Okay. Males and females. It does not matter, man. If you have a body, you can gain, right? And yeah. it shouldn't matter. And it shouldn't matter, right? And so, yeah, I mean, I get approached by women all the time. And I'm always about empowering women. I mean, I was you know, pretty much raised by my, by my mom. And, uh, you know, I have a sister and I want to, everybody should be afforded the same opportunities. Yeah. yeah. Especially when it comes to like mastering your own body and figuring out how to reach your own potential. Yeah. Like nobody should stand in the way of that. Nobody. When you, when you decided to make the transi transition over from traditional sports to esports uh, with the focus of esports, did you have a lot of resistance from people <laughs> that you know or that were from traditional sports? Kind of like, oh, yeah, why the fuck dude. are you going to help people dude, play video great, games? They just sit question. there. Oh, man, I got blasted. <laughs> I got blasted. My family was like, what are you doing? Like, it was interesting. Um, my dad was super supportive. Mm -hmm. You know, my dad was like, just go. He's like, go for it. You know, he was like hesitant, but he was like, go for it, man. Like, I think he knows how I am. And my mom was super supportive, like, after she figured out. I mean, obviously, like, your parents need to be like, okay, well, you're going to be financially stable. I'm like, yeah. my whole life has been about, so I'll tell you this, man. Like, one of my mentors very early on, he goes, look what everybody else is doing and do the opposite. And I have lived my life that way. I mean, I've literally gone against the grain in everything that I have done, and it has served me very well. Now, I'm not saying it's going to work for everybody. Yeah. Um, but it's like, I'm just so curious, man. I just, I'm like squirrel and I go chase that. I'm like, oh shit, learn something. That's cool. And then I'm like doing this. But what I've learned too is like when you, when you do that and you start to take a step back and you reflect and you connect the dots, man, it is all connected. It's all connected. Um, so that's been a very powerful experience. But yeah, to your question, it's like when I, when I was like, all right, I'm doing it. You know, and I like, I'll never forget it was April 4th, 2017. I'm like, I'm doing this. 
going all in. I'm not going to look back. And because uh, I've been dabbling in it, but then that's when I declare, like, no, I am doing this. And uh, yeah, man, like friends and colleagues in the, in the traditional sports are like, what? They didn't get it. <laughs> I explained it to them, and I think I explained it pretty well. And they were like, huh, okay. Some of the old heads that have been around traditional sport for a long time, they still kind of don't get it. Yeah. They're like, I don't understand. I'm like, yeah, you just wait. You see. And now I get a lot of colleagues hit me up like, hey, so uh, what you got going on over there? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, bro, you see. I'm like, just wait, man. Just wait. Shit's taking off. So on April, you said April 4th, yeah. 2017. Yeah. What was like your first step to make this a thing? Like, did you hit someone up or were you kind of just like. No, that was like, I declared that as like the day, the day? where like, okay. I'm doing this. Because I had been in it. I had been in it for longer. Um, but that was the day when I was like, man, you know what? It's now or never. I've always been entrepreneurial minded as well. And I was like, if I don't do this now, because I, I mean, I got a lot. I got hit up a lot to stay or go to other teams in the NFL. Yeah. I could have gone back to college. I'm like, man, I've done that before. Not that there's nothing against it, but I've done it before. And I was like, if I don't do this now, I'll never know. Yeah. I mean, best decision I ever made. At, at any point since you've been doing it since then, have you ever been skeptical of it? Like, just even like a, a, the small, most like slight hint of maybe, not, not for you personally, but as an industry, like, maybe this won't work or have you always kind of had that positive mindset? You're like, you know what? As long as these people are in this industry and doing this, like I have a place or I'm able to help them uh, sustain like longevity within the sure. sport, you know, so players don't retire at yeah, 21 sure. and 22. Well, I mean, a lot of what I do now too is outside the realm of just performance. It's a lot of business development and it's a lot of just kind of looking at the big picture and trying to create, facilitate, you know, meaningful initiatives in the space. Um, you know, it's an interesting question. I mean, did I ever, was I ever skeptical of it? No, I was like, no, this is a very real thing in terms of the industry. Now, did I doubt the motives of certain individuals that are getting into space? And did I see a lot of stuff go down? And I was like, that shouldn't be happening? Yeah. Um, yes. Uh, however, I was like, well, it's a blank canvas and it's the wild, wild west, right? Well, it's, yeah. it's the wild west. It used to be the wild, wild west, but now it's a little bit more tightened up. It's like, it's going to sort itself out. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of the conversations I have with my colleagues now and more people that I start to connect with is like, look, if we don't do it, somebody else will. But are they going to have the right motives behind it? I was like, so why not we put a stake in the ground and say, hey, let's do it right from the very beginning and help guide this industry from a performance perspective as well. It's like, let's do this right. Since uh, a lot more, I guess, traditional sport organizations have been moving into eSpace, has that helped you um with connections that you made from traditional sports, like be able to connect with gamers, like uh, for example, pretty much like the NBA 2K League, you have like Golden State, the um, yep. like the Wizards, Boston, like, Celtics, the, all yeah, of them. Yeah. Has has traditional sports moving into esports? Um, the connections that you made has that helped you, or have you been able to reconnect with people? Totally. That to well, I'm a, I'm huge on relationships, and I always stay in touch. With, like I've got, a, I'm very fortunate to have some amazing people in my network, and yeah, man, when these big teams started getting getting these esports teams there hit me up like hey so what have you been learning you know it was more <laughs> like hey so let's talk yeah you know let's try to figure something out um and it just validates what i thought you know a couple of years ago it's like this is where it's going more mm -hmm. big teams it's smart on their part they're trying to cross pollinate the fan bases they're going to start utilizing the same resources that they train the pro players yeah i mean the complexity is doing that they're doing a great job of building that facility um 
So yeah, it's, um, and I think it helps me because being in traditional sports, I could speak that language and then now I'm still learning the dialogue of esports and yeah. know, the stuff that goes down. Um, but but to know, some it's, extent, it's you, bridging the gap. You, but yeah, to some extent, you can kind of translate totally. from tran- uh, traditional to totally. esports for the people from traditional totally. who may not be familiar well, with I get it. hit up by a lot of VCs too, and they're like, hey, like we're looking at this esport you know, platform, like what do you think? And I'm like, well, how do you want to look at it? Because yeah. I could speak the traditional side and then I could speak the esports side. So that's been extremely valuable too. And that's an area I didn't think I'd ever get into, but I am, which is awesome. Gotcha. So where is uh, Aim Labs? Where are you guys based out of? Yeah, so Aim Labs, uh, it's out of New York. Okay. So it's based out of New York. Uh, however, I mean, we're pretty much all remote. So I, li- I live in Dallas and a majority of the other developers and engineers that live all over the world. Gotcha. Um, so since they're so close to New York, uh, do they ever go to, and you work with the Nerd Street guys, um, how often do you work with Nerd Street in general? Because I know like they're out of Philly and they have like StarCraft, CSGO, yep. um, and Rock. I think Rocket League now, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Uh, how frequently do you work with those guys since they're like a massive force on the East Coast? Sure. Yeah, well, I mean, I just joined AimLab okay. like a month ago. So I'm still getting my feet wet. And, and I had talked to the nursery guys even before I joined AimLab. It's like just good people, man. Like they're doing some amazing work and yeah. I'm super fired up. And then we started making the connections between like the AimLab and then some other stuff that's happening. I'm like, oh, this is going to be sick. Um, so yeah, I imagine our involvement will be continually to increase. I mean, we're the official training platform for them, for their, for the NCS, okay. the national championship series. So, um, yeah, I'm just super excited to see where that goes and continue to meet some awesome people. So I'm going to wrap this interview up, but before I do that, do you have any, uh, you said you have a YouTube and other social media. You want to shout that out? For yeah. Yeah. So the questions? YouTube channel, man, I might have to hit you up with it again. Cause I don't remember. So it's uh, innovative performance Institute, which is going to be rebranded. Mm-hmm. So innovative performance Institute that's on YouTube. Uh, my social, my Twitter is coach T underscore Johnson. That's same for Instagram. Um, and then the Twitter for the, the IPI, the innovative Institute is, um, at uh, inside IPI, but those two are going to get rebranded. Gotcha. Um, I did have a question like randomly that just came to my head. Uh, I can't remember what they are. It's some guys in Toronto, Canada. I think they work with the Raptors. Um, uh, esports team. It's not, it's not an esports team, but they're like in the realm of like fitness push. It's not push. No. I can't remember. I might have to hit you up. Off yeah. Hit me up on it. Yeah. Cause uh, I know, I know the guys that push really well. So, um, awesome company. If you're ever interested in velocity based training, they have a band and they have a whole portal where you could build out programs online. So we worked on a super cool project at the 49ers where we built our own user interface, where we aggregate all of our objective and subjective data and funneled it into one site and then created reports from that. It was dope. Man. Good, nice. good people. Well, Taylor, I want to thank you for talking to me for yeah, as man. long as we have. Yeah, man. Guys, I don't know how long we going for. It's been jamming out. <laughs> guys, make sure you follow Taylor. I'll get that information out for the episodes for you, so that you guys can follow him and uh, follow up if you guys have any further questions. Um, and until good game do us part, I want to say yeah. I appreciate and love you guys. Thank you for listening. Hey, I appreciate everyone.